0: Hello, I'm Melody Asani. I'm Julie Burns Walker. Together, we welcome you to the Butterfly Forecast. On the podcast today, we were so happy to be joined by our wonderful longtime friend, Andy Grammer. You'll hear how Andy unpacks his process and the pursuit of his gifts as a singer, songwriter, and performer, and how that has allowed him to connect with people everywhere. His incredible energy is so contagious. I'm glad you're going to be joining us. Here we go.
1: Andy, thank
0: you so much for joining us. It's really actually such a thrill to have you here because uh, we love you.
1: It's wonderful. It's so sweet to be here. This is like my favorite part of the week, for sure.
2: Aww.
1: The thought of getting to hang out with two of my favorite ladies.
2: Dang, you must not have been having a great week. No, just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> Everything's relative. I
1: am so such an extrovert and so in need of more people because of the last year that every single time someone's like... Hey, do you want them? I'm like,
2: yes! <laughs> well, also, I feel like you're really good with handling a ton of people. Anytime I've come to one of your shows, you just have like an entire room. Just like, that's your place. Yeah,
1: I really and love a lot of
2: people. Even when it's an uncharted additional group of people,
0: you seem to manage that like nobody. I've ever met.
1: (laughs) My family would make fun of me because I love... My favorite thing in the world is to be at a party surrounded by everyone and fall asleep. Just like in the (laughs) middle. In the middle of all of it, like put your head on the couch and just be like, I'm in the middle of... of This is like my happy place.
2: You know, that was my specialty every time I came to your mom's house.
1: You fall asleep. yeah.
2: Every single time. It would be like a group of us. We'd all be there and I would slowly make my way down to the ground and just... (laughs)
1: That's the best nap there is. Yeah. You're on the floor.
2: Yeah, like you're in a den. Yeah, <laughs> like you're a cub in a
1: den.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that too. But Andy, you love so many things. And did you know that is what we wanted to talk about today with you? Please. Things that you love the most. Ooh. Yeah, like pursuing what you love the most and then how do you find what you love the most
1: next? What there? I forget what the movie was. There was like a really good. You guys will probably know more than me. Was it what, Runaway Bride? The egg scene. You guys remember this? Yes. She, she's like a very people pleasing type of person, and he makes her sit mm-hmm. down and makes her all different types of eggs. Like these are over hard, and these are runny, and these are mushy, and these are. And he's like, I need you to try these eggs to tell me which. Like. Like, no, I like eggs. He's like, no, 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 no. Like I need you to try each one and for you decide what do you like. No. Like what do you, you need to be able like make a decision. And I, I, think for a little while that, loosely I had some of that, is okay. I like I just love to make people happy with art. I want to like make you happy. How do I make you feel inspired? How do I help you? And so there was a little bit of the egg stuff that had to happen with me over time. Going like, oh no, I love this. This mm-hmm. is my favorite thing that I love. And when it came to, art and songwriting, what I found like my egg, my favorite egg dish of songwriting, is the one that's like pretty clear and lyric driven and trying to capture some sort of truth that, um, music or art is like a, like a camera lens and pop music is when it's like totally clear and you can see it Mm -hmm. directly. And then sometimes you get into cooler indie stuff where you like, you blur it out a little bit and it's inherently just cooler, (laughs) like undeniably. Like if you listen to Radiohead, you're like, Oh, I mean, that's really cool. On first listen, like, I don't know what that guy's talking about, but I feel that. That's, like, amazing. Yes. And I find that I love to listen and I love all that, but my favorite egg dish is the one that's, like, this is a lyric that's telling you exactly what is happening, and it's exposed.
2: Mm. Like,
1: like I can't hide behind anything. I'm trying to nail a feeling. And if I nail it, the Mm. power of that, it's almost like poetry will get all the way in and do stuff to you. And if I don't nail it, then I uh, I fail miserably on a <laughs> out in the open naked and I love that pursuit like that's my favorite thing to do and yeah. it took me a little while to own that because in like yeah in all art you're like you're trying to find your place and where you fit and like oh man is this too pop am I cool with being pop because mm. I like am I this am I that and then when you really sit and go like no 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 this type of art is the stuff that I love I'm not like apologizing for it I just love making it and then your people find you who love hearing it and the more that you get comfortable in yourself that's how you start to find you know we can talk about like the question of what do you love like that's what I love
0: then when you're writing music and you're inspired like you you hit a vein of inspiration are you exploring it because you love what you just stumbled upon or struck or designed, or are you already thinking about what this will sound like and what genre it fits in?
1: No, I don't care about the genre. My whole thing when I'm writing music is we're all going through this experience together. There are truths and plot points of unity of what we're all experiencing, especially the ones that are really hard are the ones that have to do with soul. And I think there's not a ton of soul in the maybe in their entertainment space or the just the average culture. That's mm-hmm. not true for everyone, but on a whole, there's not a ton of it. So if you hit these plot points of soul that kind of remind us of ourselves, then yes. the, there's like really, there's a lot of power in that. And it's really hard to do because you have to really cut through a bunch of cynicism to get there. And the only sword that I know how to use to cut through that is just persistence. Like That's the only thing that I really know has worked over 10, 12 years now It's like, no, I know that there's, a, there's something to say about the soul in this space and I'll write the song and it'll be terrible. And I'm like, OK, cool. So I made that and that was terrible. I'm going to throw that away and I'm going to try to write that again. Come at it from a different angle and then it's terrible. And then you throw it away. But you don't know while you're doing it. While you're doing it, it's beautiful and you're crying because it's like it's about soul. And it's like, oh, my God, this is so important. And it's like a painting that's right here. And then you back away and you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just keep at it. And when you hit it and when you're in front of 4,000 people and they all sing it back to you, you realize the value of all the macheting that you've done to get to capture this mm. this feeling or this sense of something that we're all going through. And that is really, to me, what, what like, music is what art can be is like really cool. feels like wizardry.
2: Wait. So when you do that, is it because you're going through that thing? Does it start off personal or do you think of people right off the bat?
1: Sometimes it's both, but a lot of times it's from me. It's like, I need this. I feel this way. I'm Mm -hmm. searching for soul in myself. I'm, I'm struggling with this thing. But I know that if I get it and it's really true to me, it's usually true to a lot of other people.
0: Mm. Oh, I love that.
1: The thing of inspiration is usually following my own little gut about what's happening in my life. And then that's just matched with like an insane level of persistence to actually get it correct. Usually like sand falls apart in your hands before it gets somewhere. And then every once in a while you get a sandcastle that like stays and then you you can give it to someone. And when that happens, it's like, oh, my God, this invisible, you know, Leonardo da Vinci, I think, said music is the shaping of the invisible. Mm. Mm. And you have this this stuff, you're like putting so much effort into something that will probably fall apart. But if you get a hit of what it's capable of doing, then you get addicted because it's amazing.
0: Yeah. And you're sort of kind of moving into process. You know, like your personal process of creating, which is so entirely unique. And I love that you have the sense of it first. Something's calling you to it, like over and over and over. And, and then you have the persistence to work it, rework it, rework it. And I think that it's the one thing, Melody and I talk about this all the time, is that we lack process. None of us grew up being taught process in life. So we think like, oh, you're talented. Oh, it should just happen. Wait, why didn't it just happen? I did it. Yeah. But there's no awareness of process. So Andy, how in the world did you arrive at the conclusion that you have to work your craft, not
2: just create it?
1: The first thing that comes to my mind is sports. Like I'm I'm like a super intense... Not as much anymore, but growing up, it was all sports. It was all like basketball from seventh grade till I graduated high school. was like, that was the only thing that really, that truly I would put my life into. And the thing about basketball, you have to have your left hand be as good dribbling as your right hand. It just wasn't. So I'd go out on the basketball court and just, um, like my, my parents paved our driveway for me and I would just like dribble every morning before the bus. And like, there was a lot of learning through sports that I definitely take into this, to art, as far as like learning persistence I think you can I think it's really possible, and I'm working on it with my daughters now and it's been fascinating trying to figure out can you teach this and I I think you can I think you can set up situations to where it can be taught you know i talking to you I'm thinking of I also like really care about my reputation and this is something I would only say on this podcast (laughs) I really care about my reputation with the ether like Mm -hmm. I don't know where art comes from I don't know where inspiration comes from, but I have a hunch that it's not just from me. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to be someone that when an idea is wanting to get into this world, there's like a discussion on the other side of like inspiration things. You can call them people, souls, whatever you want. And they're like, oh, you know what? Send it to Andy because that guy will do it.
2: (laughs) Yes. That's so cool.
1: Like a reputation and someone like just like get recommendations for the best stuff. Even just like here, like where, you know, oh, you want a contractor? That guy, you know, that guy will do a good job and he'll do his best effort and he'll do the best for you. Art wise, I want to have that reputation with inspiration that when it comes, it knows it has a place that I will go all the way to the end to make sure that it gets its best shot, Mm -hmm. you know.
2: And you have, you have so many examples of that.
1: Yeah, it's wild. So fun. It's crazy. Art is one of those things where you like have to find this balance of being, um, it's so important And then also like, you know, just art at the same time to find your balance with yourself of like how to not be pretentious and over intense about it, but then also really understand the true power of what it can be for Mm -hmm. people.
0: Which is such a miracle. I think sometimes, you know, when you get a reflection back, I don't know if you both feel this way, but most people worry about the ego. Like you get a reflection back, like Andy, when when everybody in the audience I remember the first time you invited me to come to one of your concerts, and this is what blew my mind and stayed with me for forever, it's still with me, is how everybody was singing along, everybody. You have a very diverse audience, and there wasn't anyone who didn't know your lyrics, and also they were singing with all they had right back at you. Yeah. Sometimes when you get that reflection back, people think, oh, it's going to go to your head, but it doesn't go to your head. It goes to your soul.
2: Mm.
0: I personally find this because everything in you goes, thank you. Oh, that's what I was hoping this would do. I hoped it would bring you this. Um, What happens to you when you hear all those people sing back to you, what you created?
1: Yeah. Especially when it's pointing up. Mm. My music company is called Ladder Soul Music, right? On the quote of, of Baha'u'llah from the Baha'i faith says, "Music is the ladder to the soul," and to me, the ladder is a, such a great analogy of like I'm giving you this, and it can take you up or it can take you down. And so when I hear people singing something back, like you know, the ones come to mind is I have a song called 85, and you hear thousands of people singing back like, I don't want to be 85 singing. Whoa, no, I think I missed it. I was chasing money. Everyone's singing that at the same time. I don't know why you make me cry, but everybody at the same time singing that, it's like, oh, God, that's so cool. And that's something that I feel sincerely. And to do it as a group is euphoria. You know, it's amazing. I really missed it desperately.
2: Mm -hmm. Wait, so before we started the podcast, you were talking about how this last year you were really tested about your ego. Is this how you met or how did, how did that come up for
1: you? I think the ego is like the pieces, all the little trappings that surround those moments and separating out ego from purpose is like not the easiest mm-hmm. because when I'm in front of large crowds and I'm singing, I'm like, oh no, this isn't ego. This is just like, I'm in my center. And I hope that that I'm giving more than I'm taking right now. That's how I Mm -hmm. walk on stage. But I don't think you're supposed to – anyone is supposed to, like, get as many trappings as you need to get sometimes to just make something work. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've experienced this as well, Melody. Like, if I go on tour, there's just limitations to how much I can do as a normal person because – I can't talk as much because my voice isn't good. So I can't just like, mm. sometimes I need to go silent. And people need to order my food. Too many of little things like that over five years, they just make you, it's just like not good for you. Like I was someone who's traveling so much that like, if I'd get into a hotel room, try to turn on the TV and the remote doesn't work. And I'm like, well, it'll work tomorrow. I'll be in a new place. So never mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when you just live like that for too many times, uh, because of the way the world is treating you because of the way that has to be a little bit to get things to work. There's like a special thing, which is just not good. I am special. We're all special, but I shouldn't need that. So when the pandemic hit along with a little bit of that and just parsing out the difference between where you get your value from, from what you do. And are you, is that coming from the right place? Is that even if it's your purpose, are you getting too much value from that place? Mm. Really going on an internal journey of like, where do you get your value from? Where do you get your worth? You know, my next record Mm. is going to be a lot about that. And I'm really excited about it. I think it's so good. I'm really, really Can't
0: wait. Test in time.
1: Yeah. A real journey of like, whoa, I think I, if you'd asked me how I was doing on this, I thought I was doing pretty good. But when you took away all the things at the same time, I wasn't doing so good. Mm. Yeah, I was. I feel like I had to lose like, 30 pounds of ego weight mm. and whatever the analogy is of like running on a treadmill to get that off was not fun, but it, we did it. I can't even say yeah. i arrived. I just like, it was a long process that I'm grateful for to like hit a real pause on how things are going. Cause they're starting to come back in a way. And I'm excited with this viewpoint to figure out the best way to go about it.
0: Mm. Back to your ladder quote. It's so interesting, though, what you're sharing. And by the way, I just love your uh, refreshing lightness and candor at the same time. It's really (laughs) so amazing and not very common. But, you know, I really think that we don't give ourselves enough leeway to understand that you were saying you had already thought you'd worked on that, you know, and, and you'd gotten that down. Yeah, but then you start from scratch from A, square A when there's a pandemic and everything gets pulled out from underneath you. And so it's not like your all your skills and lessons and tools and work don't apply. It's just you don't know that you're in a new place. And when you lose all your support, like, wow, what if we looked at everybody that way?
1: Totally. There was a quote that I'll butcher, but the gist of it was, that it's like an analogy of you're in a dark room and you can't really tell how messy it is. And you make some personal growth and you pull down one of the shades and you can see a little bit more in the room. And you're like, oh, well, first of all, I made some growth, so that's cool. But now I can see like that this is pretty dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so you like, you clean it up at that level of light and you clean it up and you're like, I feel, I feel pretty good, like things are going well. And then you move forward again with a little more personal growth, to take down another thing, you're like, oh my God. This is disgusting. (laughs) And still to remember that like you're still moving forward. You're just like getting a better view of yourself. Sometimes it can feel like you're getting worse. But I actually do think you're moving forward. You're just becoming more aware, more self-aware in a lot of different ways.
2: Mm. Andy, when you started making money or achieving any level of success, did that present itself as a test to you?
1: Yeah, I think that money is... um, Not for everyone, but for me, it was very tied to, for some reason, it was like money and spirituality seemed to be um, like they couldn't work together. Mm. I think it was more just how I was, the environment that I grew up in, not like throwing shade at anybody, but I just have that to unpack and unwork. You know, and there's like all these quotes that you hear of about like how hard it is for someone who's wealthy to get into the heaven or whatever in many different lit, And I do think that's true. I do think there's like a lot of things to look out for and it becomes a little bit more difficult if you get some, but it's not impossible. And there's a way to Mm. use it and to learn how to, how to deal with it and be self-aware with it as well. You know, there's this great book called the big leap and it talks about how you have a temperature, like a thermostat of your life, like how you live and what's occurring in your life. Like my temperature was like very emotionally taken care of by my family uh, a little bit low on funds like that's just kind of how it was growing up and so if you change if I get like emotionally not taken care of I'm like well this is weird let me get back to this but it's like money starts to go up it's like oh am I different I don't know if this is cool and that's yeah. where self-sabotage like starts to come back so you can just stay mm. at the temperature that you feel comfortable and who you are and there was a lot of like deep diving that had to occur to go like whoa because I would just give everything away Anytime we were anywhere with anything, anybody tries to give me anything, my wife is, is running behind us. I was like, any situation where someone gives me something, I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And I'm going to give it away. She's like, wait, you idiot, we need it. We don't have one of those. She's like <laughs> following behind me like, what the hell? Why are you just like, and I'm just out of fear, I think that it would um, infect me or something, but not know how to handle mm-hmm. it. Don't have a lot of experience with it. Um, would you say for you, did you have any of that? Was it different?
2: Yeah, same but different. I mean, I think it's really interesting how we all have different belief systems around it. And it's so interesting that you, in so many ways, you do arrive, like you've worked at your craft for so long, and now you arrive to a place and you're sustained by it. (laughs) And then you have this whole other set of things to work through just to be like, is it okay that I'm being sustained by it? Yeah, And I think it's really important work to do because I really feel like wealth, regardless of how much you have or don't have, is meant to support your purpose. You know, like I want to make more money so I can make more things because I have more ideas and I want to get more ideas out. But I feel like anytime time I'm working for it, then it's no longer working for me.
1: Ooh, I like that. Totally. That's so good,
2: huh? I don't want anything that's going to take me out of my purpose. I don't want to work for anything that's going to take me out of it working for me anymore. So I, I yeah. kind of try to keep that balance, but I think I still have a lot of secret, weird beliefs about it that probably keep me in this place for now that I'm trying to.
1: Yeah. It's a tricky one. Anytime that it comes in large it's definitely worthy of like just a side eye, I think.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of like, definitely. okay.
1: And I don't know, you're just raised in America. You're, you, you think that if you have a lot of money, then like everything's great. Yeah. Life, right? Isn't that what we're all trying to do? And the more that you try to use it or try to employ it, you realize it has like all these effects on people. And if you're self-aware, like, oh, that has a lot of unintended effects that I wasn't thinking of. I've had to learn how to just deal with it and again anytime you talk about this it sounds like oh what well, was you poor guy it's just like no it, it actually does come with a lot of work around it to mm-hmm. to make peace with it how to use it how to give it away how like it, there's a lot of learning around that
0: well we've never really connected to wealth acquiring wealth and money and spirituality as one in the same thing as you know part of your resource while you're here in this world yeah. And so I don't think that conversation comes up anywhere, frankly, about the process of it, because people who make very little to no money also have the same issues. When you don't have money, you also are messed up about money. Because it makes you buckle down. I mean, I know for myself, I've been there uh, much of my life where I'm like, wait a minute, do I have enough for groceries? Wait a minute, if I do that, then I won't be able to send the kids here. Oh, wait, if I do that, then no, 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 I better just cancel myself off of that. And so navigating wealth and no wealth comes from the same house. I think it's a tricky thing, but also as creatives, 10 times more
1: yeah, and when I talk to like up and coming artists and musicians, when I feel like, I'm like, I have good news and bad news. The good news is when I was a street performer and I was literally I had five hundred dollars in my bank account, and I would go out there and I couldn't leave until I could pay my rent from the CDs that I would sell on the street. Same level of happiness. Mm, yeah, same level of like creative fulfillment, Pretty much all the important things across the board, the same. Now you need to grow, like you need to continually grow. But like, that's the good news and the bad news is like, if you're not having fun now, something that brings in a bunch of money will not be more fun. I know that you've been sold that, I've been sold that, I bought it, hook, line, and sinker. A lot of us do buy it, I promise. The truth is that if you're creating something right now and you're not enjoying creating it and you're chasing something else, it will not be more fun, it will not be more enjoyable, it will not be more fulfilling uh, if it makes you a lot of money. Mm.
0: Then that brings in the concept of change. How does change either inspire you or play a role in your inspirations?
1: I've tried to make it a thing that when I'm scared, I jump rather than do anything else. So change will always make you feel like, oh, I didn't do it that way last time. I don't know how this is going to work. And I know that in my life, the majority of times that I've been proud or happy, have always been, before I even think about it, I just jump. I get very inspired by talking to artists that are at a stage a little bit below me, very selfish pursuit. i call people like three or four times a week to just keep them going, push them, encourage them. It gives me so much back. And one of the things that I say is like, you don't even know what your thing is yet. Mm -hmm. Even if you have a thing, you don't know what you're like, you might be known for. You know, when you think of Prince, you think of purple, like you might not even have that yet for yourself. I think as artists, we're always just terrified that we're not going to get anything. That's like the number one fear. I've been fascinated as I've gotten to really write with some of the best songwriters in the world. That's one of my favorite things about this whole process is that that I get to get in the room with some of the best minds. And what I've found is they are just less afraid that they're not going to get anything. So if you're on an idea and it's not amazing, everybody's like, oh, let's jump because we'll, even though there's only 20 minutes left, we'll probably find something great. And there's this belief in what's to come, as opposed to the early artist songwriter person is like, we have something, we can't let go of it. Even though it's like a B plus and those don't matter, it's something, I'm terrified to let go of something. (laughs) And so when it comes to change, it's like a scary place to always be leaning forward, believing that something else better is coming. But that's the only way that this will work or else you get really stale and bored. And it's coming from a place of fear. Yeah. I, one of the things that I always say, like I had people over before the pandemic for my birthday, like 30 people in my house and just like songwriters that have, don't have a hit yet, but are good. And I was just trying to express that like, really what you do, the majority of what you do is you fight fear. I said, I go on tour and I play a show every day and it takes about an hour and 15 hours, 30 minutes. But the rest of the time, I'm just a traveler. And as an artist, the majority of what you do is you're fighting your own self-doubt, your own fear, your own feelings that what you're doing won't be good enough, that you've already passed your best, that you've never had a best, like all that stuff, that's the radio station that is always playing.
2: A hundred percent.
1: You probably can't turn it off. I'm going to be real with you. Can't turn it off. But if you can get yourself louder or you can get make a relationship with your fear, you know, like everybody should, who's an artist, should make a relationship with when I feel fear, how do I react? Because most of us, feel it and don't even realize that where our reaction is to back away from it Mm -hmm. it's just like kind of like what happens with us we go like oh this is a cool idea and then your your self-talk goes like you're an idiot you're like you're totally right i'm sorry never mind but if you (laughs) if you can realize what's happening in that moment that is huge because if you go like oh i have this idea for like shorts that i think would be really good i want to make my own line of shorts No, if you already know that what's coming immediately, directly after that thought is a cacophony of hilarious, terrible thoughts about why you're such an idiot and why it's terrible, and you can go like, oh, that's not just me. Like, that's not truth. That's just like how this goes, and then move forward.
0: Mm, I always personalize that. Whenever fear comes and those voices, I always greet them personally. I say, hello, old friend. I know who you are to me. (laughs) <laughs> I know what you have to say, and I'm just going to put you on the shelf or in this little chair here for now, okay? Because I know your views. And honestly, it does a lot.
1: It does a lot. It does a <laughs> lot. And my, like I was saying, my next record is a lot about self-worth. And I haven't mm-hmm. heard a lot of, like, men talk about this in the open. I'm sure they have, but I haven't seen it mirrored. And it's scary, like, is this a stupid thing to go after? I know that I'm feeling called towards it, so I'm just going to go there and follow it. But, like, it's going to look different than this stuff that's happened before. And it's that same thing. I'm like, you're just kind of always falling off the edge of a cliff. <laughs> and then over, over time, you look back, and you're like, oh, we didn't die. I think we're okay. But you're like, you're always a little bit like, oh my God, here we go.
2: <laughs> you guys, it's yeah. so funny because I was literally, I've been thinking about this for the last few days because sometimes these thoughts so overcome me. And I did my DNA testing this last year, just like a couple months ago. And my doctor was telling me how there is a gene where you're either a warrior or a warrior. He's like you either have one or the other and he was like you have the warrior gene. <laughs> 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 so I was thinking about this and it kind of felt like a sentence, you know, uh, but uh, also like I was like no wonder because I don't want to be a warrior but it must be part of my genetic dis- like so anyway, all that to say that the part two of this episode Smishy could be like talking about your body and like your physiology in tandem with like being an artist and having these thoughts? Because I know that every artist kind of goes through these kinds of things, but how is that related to your chemistry? Like, you know, we were talking about Basquiat where he was just so Mm -hmm. free. He just came out the box, just like expressing his whole self, lived for this short amount of time and was like so profound in his work. And then there's people that like muddle over this one thing for like years <laughs> before they're even <laughs> able to put it out.
1: <laughs> the thing that I really push back on is the idea that there's any sentence for anyone. I disagree. I think that everybody mm-hmm. has has their own their own meat suit, their own stuff that they got to figure out how to work. Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. some people have learn how to r- drive a truck, Other people are like, oh, I got a scooter. I got to figure out what the hell. (laughs) What what do I need to make this scooter work? I don't need Mm -hmm. like so much gas as that Mack truck, but I do need like streets that don't have bumps because I need to do it. So I think as long as everybody is their own thing, but you are not here with a sentence that you can't do it.
2: It's true. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to transform it.
1: Yeah. When I wrote this poem, like one of my favorite poems, let me see, hold on. I just had it here. It was like dreamer a conversation between dreamer and a universe and the dreamer says are you sure there's a place for me and universe says yes dreamer are you sure all the spots aren't already taken universe they are not dreamer how are you sure universe we saw something was missing that's why we brought you here right i love that
0: love love that andy Wow. And love you, Andy.
1: I love you so much. Love you. Uh, I'm super down for a part two. Please. Cool. You are the best. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank right. you so much. Bye bye. Talk to you next time. All right. Bye.
1: So I've been away making green. more that I get, the more that I
2: need. And that's our show. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find the Butterfly Forecast every Tuesday with a new episode available wherever you do your podcasting Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. Hope to see you then. We'll see you next time.
1: Oh no, I think I missed it. I was chasing money. I don't wanna be 85. Oh no,
0: I got a big